So we have a question. We have a question, and we are always up for uh, questions that come, biblical-based questions, things that you want to know about. Uh, you can always drop a question in the back box uh, or wherever, hand it to me or uh, whomever else, and we'll get it, and we'll look at it and see uh, <clears throat> if we think it's going to edify and uh, help out a little bit. We usually put it together. Sometimes we put it with another question um, depending on what the, the vein of the question is. So uh, we will get to this question in a moment. Um, first thing I want to do is talk about uh, one of my children lately. Been a bit dramatic. I think that uh, she... I think that she is finding her emotions, as I would call it, she cries with a really loud shriek quite regularly, and there have been many times where I come around the corner thinking she's actually hurt, but you've heard the story of Crying Wolf, right? And uh, she is so loud and so shrieky, so oftentimes, I'm not quite sure, but I've learned to ignore it a little, and I'm not sure that's good either. Um, and then... She wakes up some mornings with great big furrows in her brow, angry about something, and she pretends to be angry for some time. And at everything she encounters, everything her brother or sister say, she's mad about it. But if you look at her in kind of a face of, what do you have to be angry about, and kind of stare at her, she suddenly breaks into a smile and laughs. So I'm not sure what she's doing. <laughs> Maybe it's fake. I don't know. Maybe she's feeling a whole range of emotions. I'm not sure. The other, she screams loud. She sings loud, which is, I guess, a good thing. The other day, all I could hear, I was out in the kitchen doing something, and I heard uh, her brother just, stop, stop, stop. And he went on and on and on. And this, I'm like, eventually something's got to settle out. Well, 20 minutes later, he's still yelling, stop, stop. And I go in, and she is singing a song about the relationship between mass and gravity and weight. Okay? <laughs> and she's been singing this song, and it's only about a 30-second song. She's been singing it for 20 minutes straight. So just over and over, like on a loop, you know, and over and over and over, going and going and going with it until her brother just couldn't take it anymore. Just said, stop, stop, stop. And on he went, and he kept re louder, screaming louder and louder. Well, I know this, and I don't typically quote Ralph Waldo Emerson, but on this thought from Ralph Waldo Emerson, I think he's got it right. He's talking about children, and he says this, children are curly, dimpled lunatics. I think that's all right. I think it's right. I think it's pretty close. Uh, so often, having children, they are the best part of a parent's life and the toughest part, right? Children... And the relationship you have with them can be the very best and the very toughest part of our lives. And 
They are difficult to figure out sometimes. They bring joy. They bring frustration. And they bring wonder sometimes. Wonder like, why did he do that? And wonder like, wow, that's amazing. All in the same breath. But as parents, now this is the difficulty and the struggle with parents and the relationship with, that we have between our children and our parents. What do we do? There's kind of big question marks. What is the right thing for us to do? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to, as parents, act for our children? What are we supposed to do from this? And so, the Bible puts a few things in play with children and parents. And this question comes from this, uh, children and parents. There's a couple verses, and they say, one is in Exodus, um, Exodus 20, verse number 12. So let's turn there to start with. So you kind of have a little basis. Exodus 20, verse number 12. And this goes way back to uh, Moses setting up the law. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. These are some of God's direct commandments Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord giveth thee. All right? So here's the very first thing, right? Very first thing that God says, Honor your father and mother. And with that, there's a promise. Your days are long. Days are long. So that's one piece of this. Seems very obvious, okay, what it says. Now, if we were to go along um, also and look at Genesis chapter number 2, go back to Genesis chapter number 2, we are going to see a little different approach. To family, or maybe a different approach. And Genesis chapter 2, verse number 22. This goes way back to when Adam was alone, and God says it's not good for man to be alone, and so he creates woman, and this is what God says about it. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from a man uh, made he a woman. And brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she, had, she was taken out of a man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. They were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. Okay, so here is the other thing. The other piece of life is that there comes a time... To leave father and mother and cleave to your wife, your spouse. So a man leaves his father and mother. So there are two ideas that come out of the Bible. Now the question is this. 
is there, says, please explain, is there a fine line here? Is there any conflict with those two things? Um, is there, aren't we supposed to care for our parents, or should we leave that to somebody else? So that's, that's the question. Do we honor our father and mother, or do we leave and cleave to our new family, okay, when we go and are married, and is that at all in conflict, okay? Well, I think what we will find, we're going to take a look a little deeper at what these things mean. Uh, I think the very short answer is God made this plan, and it works out well when you stick to God's plan. Okay? We'll come back around to that eventually. But God made this plan, and it works out well. So, first thing we need to understand, let's go to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1. Paul here is writing to the church's Ephesus. And when he does this, he actually adds in a few little comments to honor your father and mother that your days will be long on the land. Uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Notice that was not part of the, the beginning. Okay. Honor your, thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. All right? So here it says, obey, for the first time, before it said honor. Now, is there much difference in that? Well, if you look back at the roots of the words and you go, uh, the original word was in Hebrew, okay, and basically meant treat them richly, okay, honor meant treat them richly. And when you go up to the Greek root, when you get to Paul in the New Testament, he's talking in using the Greek language at this point, and that basically says uh, to value them. So, you are to value your parents, treat them richly, in the Old Testament it says, or put emphasis on them, okay? Value them, and specifically, Paul says, obey your parents, okay? And it says there, uh, specifically, to be obedient to them. Now, is there a moment in time where that changes? I think Paul's idea is this. The relationship for parents to children is that you need to make sure, because we'll, we'll get in here in just a moment, you need to make sure not only that you value your parents, that but when you're a parent, that you are valuable as a parent. Okay? Be aware 
and make sure what you are giving to your children is of value. Make sure. And that's why Paul says, okay, children, obey your parents. And then that's the first verse he does. And then he quotes the, the actual uh, words from the Old Testament. And then in verse 4, he adds something, which is very interesting. Very interesting indeed. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Not as parents, we are not to be crushing, not nagging, not raging, not overwhelmed or overwhelming to them. Vera and Annabelle, some of you remember Vera used to play piano for us for many years here. Um, They were two missionary ladies, spent their life dedicated to the Lord. they gave me a gift one time. It has a little sign. I have it hanging in my office that says this. The best inheritance a father can leave for his children is a good example. And so rather than trying to push on our children and press them and try to make them obey some arbitrary set of rules, be careful to point them to the Lord. Because it says specifically, don't uh, provoke them to wrath. That doesn't mean that your children will never be angry at you. What that means is, and I have seen this happen in some families, where... Uh, parents are relentless and really don't care about the children as much as themselves. We become self-absorbed, and that's easy to do. And so it becomes about, well, you obey me regardless of what I do. I tell you, you do it. All right? That is not what God is talking about. What God is saying is point them in another direction. Help them to see where they should go. All right? Don't provoke them to wrath. Don't break their spirit. That is not what you're there to do. You've been given a human being to point them to their creator. So in that second part of that verse, it says, bring them up. Don't provoke them to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. These are important These are important words. Nurture and admonition. And they normally don't go together unless if you're a parent. Then they make a lot of sense. Right? Because your kids need kindness and love and nurturing. And they need admonition, which is warnings. Hey, stop doing that. Right? But they need both of those things together. And that is how God treats us. Right? Nurturing, kindness, care, love. He shows us how much he cares for us. In so much that he dies for us. And yet, he warns us. Don't walk this pathway. Don't go here. Don't do that. That's crossing a line. You're going to wish you hadn't done that. Okay, so there are... There are two pieces of 
raising someone and pushing them towards God to say, here's the right track. Now, I've even seen parents who use religion in the wrong way. And they crush their children with that. That's not right either. That's why it's not about you do what I tell you. It is about do what he says. How do I help you get there? That's a different outlook on how to be a parent. And believe me, I'm not saying it because I know how to do it. Because I'll tell you what. When I'm pressed and I'm tired, my reaction to my children is not very godly. Okay? It's just not. Late at night is when I say things I shouldn't say. So it's best to go to bed for me. <laughs> say less in my sleep, anyways. Right? And that, that's what we have to look at. If we're going to raise kids, are we giving them an example that is godly? Or is our example angry or distracted or self-absorbed or whatever? And I don't care if your kids have moved out of your house 50 years ago. You still are an example. Or not. So sometimes my best example is when I have to go back and apologize to my own kids. Because I didn't do what I should have done. And if I'm too stubborn to apologize to them, how will they ever learn to apologize to anybody else? How will they ever learn that it's okay, that it's wrong? It's not okay to do wrong, but that you can and you will do wrong. You have to learn how to go back and say, wait, let's back up the train. Let's go back, and I'm sorry to do this. Let's start this again. All right? Do not crush their spirit. But do this. In Micah, and I know on Tuesday nights you guys are going through Micah in the adult class. Micah 6.8. This is what we should do for our kids. Micah 6, 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. You must teach your kids how to do things justly, to love mercy, and to walk with God humbly. If you can teach your children that, then they're on the right track. Those three things cover the world of what they're going to hit in life. It is our job as parents to say, here's what, our, what you need to know in life. You need to know there is justice and truth and righteousness out there, and you may not see it much in this world, and they probably will see less and less as time goes on, until God makes sure of things. And you need to also know that, yes, I am not going to exact justice out of you every single time, because God gives us mercy, and you should love being merciful to your children. What a pleasure to be able to be merciful to your children, because God has been merciful to me. More than I ever deserve. 
and then to teach them how daily walking with God is the only way to make it through life. So those are your things. And if you teach those things to God, or to your children about God, then they learn there is a merciful side, and there is a just side, and you learn to walk with that in your life. You teach them how to do that. By example. By example. So when you do this, then the other part in Ephesians chapter 5, back to Ephesians chapter number 5, as we go back to the leaving and cleaving concept, but the idea first was the what do we have as parents to do for our children. Well, we've got to get them and point them and direct them here. And then there comes a natural time. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 28 through 33. We're going to read. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause, for this cause, I'm emphasizing that, shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I speak concerning... Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So, here is the point. You're teaching, you're giving them, you're pointing them to God, and then when the opportunity and the day comes when uh, they have found this right person, and you've taught them, we pray about things, we put this as emphasis into our mind. And when we teach them to pray, when they're looking for something hard, that right, you know, a fish in a sea of thousands or millions, right? And they're looking for that right spouse that God wants them to have. They've already learned how to pray about it. Because you taught them. Or didn't. One or the other. But if you taught them how to pray, then they learn and they walk into this and they say, this is the right thing. And in my daily life, because I've learned to walk with God humbly, I've learned to have, yes, justice and mercy in my marriage, and I'm going to leave my parents, and there'll be that time of separation, and sometimes you just, there's certain ones, hey, go, right? You're ready. Go, please. Sometimes there's not enough room in one house for two uh, people, <laughs> right? Because there's a time... When it's right for them to go. God made this plan. And with that, you've taught them how to do this. And then when they get together and they cleave uh, in, uh, to their spouse, they now have a whole new set of learning. You've, you've put a foundation under them. And they're supposed to learn about Christ and the church in their marriage. Because you've made a foundation. You've taught them God has created this plan, and so now they are saying, this is hard to be married, right? This is not easy every day to be married. 
I have to make a choice, and I have to sometimes put myself last in this choice and do for the other, just like Christ did for the church, right? And so you learn those things, and that concept becomes not some oddball, strange thing, but just the next step in learning. And then there is, because you've taught them how to honor their parents, right? How to value them. And you taught them the value of God's laws. Then in their mind, as they watch you age, and they're not in your home, right? You become the empty nester, and then you, they watch you age, and they watch you struggle more as time goes on, as is the way of all flesh, right? Happens to all of us, eventually. Something in their mind with the foundation that you pointed them to God will click and they say maybe I need to help out mom a little more. Now everything that happens every family is different. Every situation is different. Some folks can live into their 90s independently and all they need is a check. Once in a while. And other ones need Daily, round-the-clock care. However that happens, there is not some uh, biblical thing that other than honoring and valuing your parents that you taught them from way back when because you taught them how to go to the Lord, right? You taught that in there. Other than valuing your parents when they get older, that helps you make the right decision for them as you have to eventually get to. What is that right decision? I can't tell you. Because it's so different for every group. Like I said, some people are independent and can live to the day that they pass away. My grandfather lived uh, by himself into well into his 80s. And we found him floating in his pond one day. And you say, well, that's a terrible thing. Not for him. He wanted independence to the moment that he died, and he had it. And we checked in on him. That's what he wanted, and that was good for him. His wife, total different situation. And so how do you go through these daily hard decisions when you get to that point of what is the right thing to do? Because you've already learned. We treat them richly. No different. It's, it works perfectly together. It's not in conflict. It is, this is what we do for our parents because we've learned that God treats us richly. God cares for us. God gives us mercy, nurtures us, and cares for us, and it will take that sometimes. And sometimes you'll have a stubborn parent that you may just have to say, this is it. This is what we're doing. Maybe. <laughs> and then watch out because apple doesn't fall too far from the tree okay <laughs> i think god knows exactly who you are and he also knows this that we are all human and that's why way way early back on and how you raise your kids he taught you you're gonna need mercy Make sure you treat each other kindly, 
Make sure you learn how to nurture one another. Because you're going to need those little things in life. Okay? Teach your children how to do it. And then on the back end, oftentimes you receive that because you worked to put it into them to instill and say, look for God. That's what you need to do. I need to get you there. That's the most important thing. It won't matter how educated your children were. It won't matter biggest houses they had. It won't matter so many things. It won't matter what job they had. But when you will stand before the Lord, regardless of where you come from and where you go to in your life, what will matter is, did you point them to the Lord? That will be the only thing that matters someday. How many things they participated in really won't matter. That will matter someday. And so if you live like that and you point, and I don't care what point in your life you are at, you still can be a good example for your children. And then it comes back around, and you have to trust the same God you trusted to raise them is to help you to the last moment in life. All right? So not in conflict at all, but I think God's plan, and we take a bunch of these crazy humans and we put them together, and they have to learn how to trust God in order to walk the pathway all the way to the last day of our lives. All right? This is the only way. There's no other way. There's no magic about it. It's just going to the Lord. That's what it is. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day.